Well, Happy New Year, everybody. It's great to be with you at the start of 2017. Uh, my name is Scott Wilson, and I have the privilege of being part of the team here at Global Mission Awareness. And I'm joined today once again with Leif Hetland. Happy New Year, Leif. Happy New Year. Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting to be here. We've both had a great break uh, over, over Christmas. Uh, Leif joined his family in Norway for Christmas, and uh, I was visiting family up in in Minneapolis for Christmas and it's nice to be out of the cold and back into slightly warmer weather and uh, as you may tell I my voice is a little deeper than it normally is uh, I'm battling a little cold so excuse me if uh, if uh, some of that comes across but we we, we wanted to take the time uh, today just to share with you um, the vision for this year and to, to take a little bit of a moment to look at uh, what has been in the last couple of podcasts we have sort of capped off the year and been looking at the kingdom family movement and what's been what's been building through 2016 but today we really wanted to focus on uh i suppose the the lay of the land as we start into 2017 what what it's looking like and and some of the things that have um that are really burning in life's heart for 2017 and uh and and i suppose one of the places that i think is a is 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 good to start uh with that is in regards to really where we're finding ourselves maybe in terms of taking a bit of a, a test of the atmosphere that we're we're looking at i think uh i think as we enter the new year there's a lot of pessimism um with the different climactic factors uh around the world whether that be with the political scene here in the u.s and and what's happening there and and the next couple of weeks and what's planning out there whether it be to do with the things happening in aleppo and the middle east and all sorts of different things we're, we're seeing um, there's a lot of pessimism in the air, and I think that that's something that, um, as as believers and and with with lenses viewed on the kingdom, we really need to be coming with optimism. I think that's something that's really been burning in your heart, life, and and something that you carry very strongly. So maybe that would be a great place to start before we sort of get into the vision as to where we want to want to go uh, this year. W- what are some of the things that that stir in your heart? As you enter the year, let me first uh, stop by just saying Happy New Year to everyone that is listening. And as I said, we finished our year very well in Norway, and it was a good time for me to just look at memory stones uh, from my childhood home, from the elementary school, from the high school, from I mean, all these different places in my life. Uh, so that was just very, very precious because even if I went back again to when we moved to that house and if you were to say, how did you look at the world at, at that time period? At that time period, Norway was afraid that Soviet Union was going to come in and was going to invade us. There was a lot of fear. There was books out there like the late great planet Earth that was the best-selling book around the world that talked about that pretty much Jesus is coming soon. Antichrist is about to come over. I mean, that kind of a negative worldview. And so I'm just saying that even as I grew up in an environment was a lot of fear based. And uh, and that was uh, even now when I was there home looking at some of those factors and, and actually realizing even if you just take for the last 30 years, 
since I left Norway and came to the United States and, and I know I've moved back again to Norway that even if you looked at the statistics of how the world was back then compared to it is right now it's uh, it's a totally different world we are living in and I'm saying that in the positive context there is more doors open more favor more blessing more people are being healed right now in the last 10 years than the previous 1000 years more people have been saved in Iran in the last 10 years than the previous 1000 years and we could just go on and on and on more people have been raised from the dead in the last 20 years than the 2000 years uh, poverty has gone down half in the last 30 years on a global level so even there if you're seeing just 30 years ago half of the world's population was poor if we continue this way we could actually and when we talk about severe poverty is people living on less than two dollars a day so to even to see that what's taking place to see a middle class in China of about 400 some million or to see in India 350 370 million that have moved from poverty into middle class so even what's happening in every area of life it is actually from a kingdom realm also making sense and it's looking better that's why it says arise and shine for your light has come yes there's going to be darkness and there's going to be darkness gross darkness over the world and people so that gives us an incredible opportunity when there is a lot of darkness to arise and to shine for our light has come so i'm just saying that i'm very excited i'm very optimistic not just because i do not that i'm seeing the glasses half full but even looking at the statistics from the last 30 years from a kingdom perspective we're winning as I say, every area that is looking good, we have more of it right now than we've ever had in the history of mankind. And you will not find any exceptions. That does not mean that I do not ignore the situation that is going on with ISIS or what's going on with in the Middle East or just a new year with the horrific thing that took place in Turkey. And I could go over and over and again, all of the concerns. And I know even in America, the, the nation is kind of divided right now, even after the election. And you will have two different groups of people looking at the even America in the future from a different perspective. But I'm just talking now from us, from a kingdom realm, that there is a lot of reason to be optimistic. This is the time to dream with God. This is the time to arise and shine, to wake up in the morning full of passion and investing your time and your talent and your treasure right. Because the way it is looking into the future, it is looking so bright that you're going to need sunglasses to look into it. Mm. I think... Uh one of the things that uh, comes to mind is the fact that when we're looking at, even just considering some of those statistics and some of the shift even in the last 20 to 30 years, uh, it's important to take a moment, like you mentioned earlier on about looking at memory stones, it's important to look at those markers and look at history as well, particularly when we're looking forward in a vision perspective as where have we come from in order to look at where we're going and i know you you often use that analogy of back to the future um in order to we revisit where we've come from our history before we can actually realize where we're going and and our history very much helps us to navigate the future um and i think that sometimes that is very much linked to a spirit of pessimism versus optimism because if you if you don't take that moment to revisit where you were 12 months ago or where we were 20 years ago um, then you're actually going to not identify God's faithfulness through that journey. And you're not going to be focusing on what God has been doing. Rather, you'll be focusing on what maybe he hasn't been doing. So 
How, how does that help you to give clarity in terms of focusing on what God is doing rather than what he's not doing? Yeah, I think a memory stone has been something. I, I have it on my body right now. I have it in my bag. I have it everywhere because we forget very quickly. And this is also part of the strategy of the enemy is to get us to forget. And when we forget about the faithfulness of God. So that's why it was important for me, like going back again to Norway and you drive back, the, you drive by the little Baptist church and you've forgotten about how you were faithful in a little. And then maybe a three year period of time, you saw one healing in those three years. So it's just uh, and now we've seen 300,000 healings. So I'm just saying that it's easy to forget. And I think this one of my favorite stories, I just read it again this morning, was the story about Bannister. For all these years in history, you said it is going to be impossible to run the one mile mark in less than four minutes. But now automatically when Bannister crossed it in less than four minutes, three minutes, I think it was in 59 seconds. When he did that, less than seven months later, somebody had already broken that record. And then there was 16 people within the next three years that was able to run because one person had a breakthrough in one area that opened up for other people says, this is not possible. So it looked like it was impossible. And that was for me, the first time I saw the giant of cancer come down. Now we have seen a lot of it. Or the first time after 10 years praying for a stroke and never see it, that giant came down. And now we are seeing that happen more and more. And just in one week, we had nine people with stroke that was healed. So I'm just telling you that those stories that you took 10 years before now you're seeing very quickly because you have the memory stones the same God that was faithful then so it's like after you saw that David had the bear and then he had a lion and now when he was faced with Goliath because of the memory stones he knew the same God that was faithful in the past this giant who's that little giant I have memories with God the same God was with me there he's going to be with me when I'm faced with bigger obstacles and bigger challenges so that's why I think it's important for us even as we're looking in the past and seeing what God has done and when you're looking at that what happens then is your hearing comes back you start to hear again and then your vision comes back you start to see again but the memory stones the enemy he can certainly where you're not able to see everything is dark and the next moment you can't hear the only thing you have then is go find a place look at pictures and you know that i just did it here in the office i went back to the first trips in mozambique or the crusades in tanzania different places just started to look at it i started to look at a video when you're standing there and eighty thousand people are giving their life to jesus so thirty thousand healing in a meeting i watched those videos and the presence of god showing up now i start to hear again and then i start to see and then let's look into 2017 and let's see what god is going to be up to but if i didn't have those memory stones i i, I would get so overwhelmed sometimes by what you see or what you do not see is another way to put it. And I just had a season where I just sensing, I'm not able to see very clearly. I'm not able to hear because there was so much noise of news and negativity and yeah, doomsday and all of those things that I just recognize I need to feed my spirit. And after I was finished, it's like, wow, I was so overwhelmed by what God was doing. And then when I look at 2017, I started to dream again. I started to have passion again. My vision was clear. And uh, so even as I've wrote this book, Giant Slayers, that is coming out in a couple of months, now I'm just looking forward to raise up giant slayers because there's all these giants that is going to come down this year. And when each one of us getting a giant, like last year, we saw for the first time, we saw severe autism 
that came down and started with one. Then we got two right afterwards. I had never seen that. We're, and it was this breakthrough. And now, as I'm saying, we have authority over those areas. And it is just other people getting breakthrough. So that's the fun part of the family that I'm hearing stories of different ones in the family that is having different breakthroughs. And when I hear that story, I know why not now and why not me? Let me also experience that. So I add that to my list of, of giants that I'm going to slay for 2017, not just because of what I've heard other people doing, but I'm hearing about what God is doing and I want to be in on it. I think uh, something that, uh, you know, we a lot of the time, particularly in our circles, we hear, you know, people throw around the, the, the scripture of, you know, the spirit, uh, the testimony of Jesus' as spirit of prophecy. And I just kind of thinking about that in regards to memory stones, I think a lot of the time we maybe engage with that, that scripture regarding someone else's breakthrough. So it may be saying, hey, my, my testimony can be your breakthrough. But I think the, the, the link to memory stones is actually we're reminding our spirit, encouraging our own spirit that, hey, God's been faithful in this area. And it may not be the same area that you're needing breakthrough, but it may just be in a sense of building encouragement and faith about his faithfulness and reminding you of that, that as you revisit those memory stones, as we hear testimonies from our own life or the family, you know, other, other members in the family, that we can actually say, hey, this is my, this is my source of uh, remembering where God has been faithful in the journey. And that is such a, a great, it's almost a recalibration, if you like, in terms of knowing, okay, because I think for a lot of people, they come into the new year and they say, well, I don't have my new year's resolution or I don't have a great deal of clarity about what I'm going to achieve or accomplish. Or, or someone says, where do you want to be by the end of this, this year? And a lot of people maybe don't have that clarity, but I think that a great place to start when you don't have that clarity is to visit those memory stones and see where he's been faithful. What, what are, you know, I know you have been making a concerted effort to look back at your prophetic words over the last season. Where has God been injecting hope and where he's been speaking clarity? Where has he been speaking destiny and releasing those things? Where, where is the alignment for the assignment, if you like? And, and, and so I think that that's just kind of a unique point um, in a sense of those memory stones is it's not just about going and looking at those things with fondness, but it's actually about drawing, drawing faith from them, I suppose, in a sense of building momentum for the year coming. Yeah, now I, I think it's also important for people, giant slayers, when we have these memory stones and as well as the testimony is to hang around other people that are bent towards good news. Yeah. The believers are supposed to be representing or representing good news. The gospel is good news. And if you're going to be people that represent good news, even when I see a tragedy happen, then I would be bent towards that police officer that goes in and gives his life because that's what redemption does or that nurse that is there and is faithful or seeing the rescue workers. I mean, so when we start to raise up a whole group of people in the middle of everything, we are starting to produce hope in the middle of a lot of hopelessness. And that's why it's so encouraging for me to be around uh, giant slayers. I'm around a lot of people that consistently are talking about what God is doing. Uh, that's both within our close spiritual family, but it's also on a larger family around the world. So one of my biggest uh, joy is to wake up in the morning and getting a text from Indonesia, or text from Malaysia or from Burma or from Pakistan or from Sri Lanka. I get these texts from all over the world, constantly talking about different giants that are coming down. <laughs> 
and just breakthroughs that is taking place, victories that we are experiencing. So I believe it's going to be very important. And I heard a phenomenal sermon by our pastor, Steve Hale, that was uh, on, you know, it was yesterday. And, and it was just wonderful to listen to again, where are we going to get our news from in 2017? And I think it is very important for us if we're focusing on the kingdom, what does the kingdom mean? It means the rule and the reign of God. If we're focusing on what God is doing, then we're going to see the greatest year that we've ever seen. And it's so many opportunities for us to arise and shine in the middle of it. And that's been so much on my heart right now as we're raising up a culture that is literally changing the culture. And even looking at the statistics that I have been doing lately is as I'm looking into the future for us who are part of the kingdom, it's going to, I mean, it's very, very bright. What are some of the way? I mean, I know we just talked about sort of revisiting the history and things, but um, in terms of how do you, uh, you mentioned obviously memory stones, you mentioned surrounding yourself with people that are focused on good news. Um, how, how are some of the ways in addition to that that you recalibrate your, maybe your perspective in terms of there's so much going on in the world at the moment. There's so, you know, every time I open up CNN or look at news or whatever, there's there's so we're bombarded with such a negative perspective and i'm sure there are equally as many good stories out there that we're not not receiving because we we have a bent towards negativity in 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 media and and even just in a sense of conversation um we we often don't celebrate the breakthroughs as much as we perhaps talk about the need for need for breakthrough what are some of the ways that you you look when you're coming into a new season, not just a new year, but a new season, in terms of recalibrating your perspective, reminding yourself that God is good, that His 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 countenance is towards breakthrough, His countenance is towards a win, if you like. Um, how how does that work for you? I think what is very helpful for me that gives pain purpose is that when you start to see the end result, how it's going to look like. So sometimes when we lose that, it doesn't give me an opportunity to wake up with passion today. But even in the middle of the pain and perplexity or in the middle of the wilderness season, if I can just, and that's connected to hope, it's connected to faith, but it's also connected to have a clear picture. So when my worldview shapes how I see everything, that means the glasses I have on. And those glasses are affected by, first of all, how I see God. And for the last 16 years, since my baptism of love, I've had a view of God. When I'm looking up, that God is a good God and He is a loving Father. Now, the way I see myself is now that God is good to me and He loves me. I live with mysteries with that on a daily basis, but nothing can change the way I see that. Now, the way I look then out after I looked up and in, and that's why I wrote the book Seeing Through Heaven's Eyes years back, and I think that book is going to also be very, very good in this season because how do I now see the world from God is good and I'm loved? Now, okay, I am looking from the goodness the good things in people instead of looking for the bad things in people. And I'm seeing how loved everybody is. So when I'm loved, I'll start to love people despite of. So that's one thing that I do is, and then also the future, your eschatology. Like I give you an example, 
I used to until my baptism of love in year 2000 have a view of the future what I believe the next thing that was going to happen was the rapture was going to happen we were going to be taken out of this world and then we were going to go to a seven year period of time and depending on your worldview but my worldview was then so then you had a tribulation the first three and a half years was going to be bad and then it was going to get worse during that and then the second coming of Christ was going to come and etc because of my worldview when it was bad things happen it was actually good because when bad things happen it was telling me we're living in the end time <laughs> but after I got a new view of God in year 2000 I got a God that looks like Jesus when I started to see him and looking up and I realized I started to look at myself differently based upon how I see God and that affected and it changed not just my worldview but it changed the lenses how I was reading scriptures how I was seeing everything but especially how I was seeing the future so when I'm looking at the future like I give you one example because some people say well in the end time there's going to be earthquake and famines and rumors of wars and they go through the list there in Matthew 24 and I said yes all of those things and people say yeah, that's the signs of the end time but the Bible says what is the sign Singular, Matthew 24, 3. It didn't say signs. And then they talk about all these signs. All of those things is going to happen. But that's the good news. But the good news of the kingdom, verse 14. Now he answered the question. The question is, what is the sign of the coming of the Son of Man? What is going to be the sign? And then Jesus talked about, there's going to be all this different stuff happening. But don't be distracted by those things. Verse 14, he comes in and says, but this good news of the kingdom will be preached as a witness or testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Or the book of, this says the kingdom of the Lord is going to become the kingdom of this world. Or the glory of God is going to hover the whole earth as water covered the sea. Or he's coming for a pure and a spotless bride. And if he's going to come for a pure and spotless bride, it means that there is a church uh, that, is going to be in love, passionate and in love, that knows who she is, has found her identity, that has a rise and shine. So by my view now of the future, recognizing this is what he's going to come for, maybe it's not yet what we have become, like including in my own life. I know very clearly that I'm righteous, but at time period, we look in the mirror, that's not exactly what I see. So something is true, but there's something called the truth. And maybe it's true, this is what I feel, but the truth is I am righteous, I'm his righteousness. So we are actually becoming what we already are. So when my view then changed towards the end time, where I'm actually believing that the kingdom is like leaven, that eventually is going to affect the whole loaf. Talking about the light is going to penetrate the darkness. Talking about the greatest harvest is yet to come. Talking about this glory that is going to hover the whole earth. So that is helping me some tremendous because if you're going to start a business, if you could just see how that is going to end up, but you're not going to invest your time or your talent or your treasure if you didn't believe the business is going to be around a year from now. Or if you believed, oh no, it's going to be dark time and bad time. You're not investing your life right. So I realizing that it was affecting the way I was living my life or I was motivated by fear instead of love. Now, when I realize this is an invitation to dream with God, this is an invitation is actually looking very good in the future. Yes, there's going to be a lot of challenges, but that's the good news. That's why we're stepping in. We each one find our identity, find our value, and we start to dream with God in the middle of it. Mm. It's funny, I, uh, over Christmas, uh, was doing a puzzle uh, with my auntie. And uh, and I, I'm, I'm not really a, a big puzzle kind of person, but I think it just kind of, your, your answer to that question gave me, just reminded me of that puzzle in a sense that, 
if you don't have the box that the puzzle came in with a picture of what it's meant to look like, it's very, very difficult to stay motivated when you've got a thousand pieces of a jigsaw puzzle sitting on a table and you have no idea what all of these pieces can actually come to. And so I think that there's there's something symbolic in that in a sense that if you if you have a, a snapshot, if you like, of what you are hoping for, what it's going to look like in the end, what the end result's going to be, then it gives you clarity and it gives you direction. It doesn't mean it's necessarily um, advancing the puzzle put together. You still have to put every piece and find it and match them. But at least you have a framework for what you're going for and, and, and it gives you uh, it gives you a tangent to follow um, and, 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 and hope for what's to come. I think that that's very important. I think everybody needs to be doing that and saying, at the end of this year, what what are some of the areas that I I want to see a change? And you start to, if you like, paint a picture of what, you know, maybe your ideal life looks like or your ideal goals look like, your ideal breakthrough, um, and then work back from that. You know, we were talking this morning about strategy, you know, dreaming. It's one thing to dream, but once you dream, it's important to then work back and say, okay, well, what's in my hand to be actually able to make that dream a reality? Um, and that's that's coming down to stewardship and some of it is also very simple and practical because if i wanted to lose 20 pounds uh, i wouldn't hang around dunkin donuts or <laughs> or mcdonald's a whole lot i mean so how does that look like so like for me just just health wise cutting out sodas cokes or some of those things sugar or there's certain basic things you will do every day so if i have seen how i'm supposed to look like december 31st 2017 there's certain thing i do today and the next day and etc i'm breaking it down into biteable sizes it is the same also in discipling nations if you like what you use the puzzle i have a picture in the end how that's going to look like but on the way there i take that one piece of the puzzle put that in one at a time so it's pretty much success is happening one day at a time as we're moving towards it so for me uh, one of the big question i had even before last year and and I've done well with it, but even getting better right now was how do I double the horsepower, meaning more anointing, more giftings, more power? How do you double that, but with half as much fuel? I didn't want to. That's the challenge. It was not to double because we can always do more conferences, more meetings, selling more product. But how do you do it with less effort? Meaning now you have to tap into wisdom. Now you have to be sharper. How do we double our impact in the nations in the next three years? but with half as much energy. So that was part of the things. And now we're tapping into wisdom and God is now giving all these creative ideas that you didn't have before because you're starting to ask some good questions. And that was also connected as I've been reading the book of Acts. And he took me back to some of the basics because we've talked about the kingdom family movement. And I've just started to look at the movement part of it. And I remember two Bible verses. One was the Acts 1.8 and the other one was also Matthew 24.14. The Acts 1.8 says you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you so that you can be my witness. Starting in Jerusalem, then Judea, Samaria and the uttermost part of the world. And I'm just saying that that verse became clear. I used to have that in the earlier 90s for years and now it's coming back again to me. And we're literally seeing a movement now, a kingdom family movement 
that if you went back to the 90s, it's what, what Leif Hetland was doing. Right now, I can tell, but it's not what Leif Hetland is doing, but what this family of families are doing around the world, yeah. both in their Jerusalem. If that's a school teacher, thank God it is Monday and they are in the classroom. Or a nurse, thank God it is Monday. So if that's their Jerusalem, but also their Judea, the influence on a larger aspect where they've been placed. Or the Samaritans, where I'm just thinking about, I was just in Norway. So each one of my siblings had taken a Syrian refugee and pretty much adopted them and taken care of them for Christmas. So it was so beautiful just to see how they are taken care. Even now the Samaritans come there. And Christopher Olsen, who is another spiritual son who lives up in Ankeny, Iowa, he just decided also, let me make a difference for one, for one family. And it's interesting just when we're getting aware of all those Samaritans and we start to do something about it. It's amazing what love looks like on a daily basis. And I really think it is connected to our appetite. Uh, We talked about it this morning. I think that somehow you become critics of food instead of maintaining hunger if you're not involved in mission. And we were created and born for an assignment it is not just to receive love, but to become love and give love. But if you do not give it, you become more like a dead sea instead of being a powerful river flowing out of your life. So for myself, when I'm waking up in the morning and I start to dreaming again, now that brings me back into the presence. That gets me back into the secret place with him because I don't know how to do it. Now I need the Holy Spirit, my best friend, the Holy Spirit. And I wake up in the morning and says, come Holy Spirit. Good morning, Holy Spirit. So you're living in a, a dependency upon the Holy Spirit because what you're involved with it, supernatural. It is bigger than yourself. Now suddenly you start to looking around yourself and you find other people because you know what you're called to do in 2017 is bigger than yourself. So you need a dream team of other people to be together with. So I'm saying that even as we looked at that verse, the uttermost part of the world, how do we impact that? So even as we talked about and looking at this calendar from going to Cuba tomorrow to Europe next week and then heading to Chile and then we're heading to Nigeria and then we're heading, I mean, it's all over the world. It's every month we're in different parts of the world and to wake up with such a passion that we get to be involved for such a time as this to dream with God and to raise up history makers and world changers and giant slayers, people that are involved that is going to disciple nations, not just people. So I am just yeah, you can hear it. I'm, I'm starting to get excited. You're getting excited. I, I could almost start to dance here. Uh, contagious. Come on. Yeah, I think, uh, and and that is, it's exciting. It's exciting to see the opportunities this year to, you know, you can look at it from two different perspectives. You can look at it in terms of a very full schedule and very full calendar, or you can look at it as invitations to change nations. Uh, and I think that it's it's about that perspective. You know, we, we, um, we have an incredible privilege and and even for people listening and and myself i'm not traveling as much as you are this year and and i I have a different role um and and a different destiny but uh we each have an opportunity to make a difference and make an impact i think it's such a beautiful picture about your siblings in norway and also christopher and and just impacting one family or, or one individual um over christmas it's it's um you know, Heidi has that phrase, stop for the one, you know, and you, you articulated that so well in terms of what does love look like? Well, it looks like actually stopping for the person in front of you or the, the person within your sphere of influence and actually making a difference because you don't know, um, you know, you, you can't, you can only change one person at a time and that's how you disciple a nation essentially in the sense that you, you create momentum from actually just extending love to that person in front of you. Um, how do you... 
with such a full schedule this year and with so many different invitations to 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 go into so many different places how do you uh, how do you balance the weight of that responsibility i suppose with in, in one way because you could become very overwhelmed or intimidated perhaps by some of the pressure of of you know people are expecting you to come and make a make an investment or or or, or minister to them how how do you um maintain focus throughout such a you know you're going into a year and you've got to have sharpness and you've got to be focused and you've got to have clarity about what is your win and what is what is the only what is it that Leif Hetland can do um that nobody else can do what how do you maintain clarity with that and focus with so many amazing invitations I think that what uh, first of all I I'm very honored very uh, overwhelmed that God let me do what I love to do more than anything else uh, to be able to wake up in the morning and to be able to add value to people. So I think that I don't want to lose the awe and the awesomeness of God. Uh, I, I think I've shared it before that what is burning in my heart even is like I'm going to Cuba now for the 29th time tomorrow. Wow. It's my 29th time. But I'm asking God when I go to Cuba, let it be like it is my first time. It is like I had a group of CEOs that uh, was with me. And one time we were at Epcot Center. And I used to go every year to Disney and Epcot and those places for years when the kids were younger. And as well as took friends and family that came from around the world. And they were coming to visit and they was like, hey, can we go to Epcot or Disney? But, but it was this thing and they said, is this your first time here after seeing me do the ride? I was like, no, I've been here 12 times. Or the same also that I went to Safari one time. I've been there 10 times to the Guru Guru Crater in Tanzania. 10 times I've been there because we used to go there every year. And people say, is this your first Safari? I said, no, it's my first one. So this has continued to be one of my both encouragement and challenge for myself is to wake up in the morning that every healing, it is the greatest healing I've seen. Every place I go to, it's like it is my first time to not take it for granted the person that is in front of me is the most important person to be in front of me a meeting that i have with leaders from a whole nation to be able to be there and to be maintained sharp and we have four primary we are focusing on first of all from the presence I, I need to be with him from his presence that everything flows because that's the only thing that's going to change the environment. When I'm together with him, I'm becoming greater than I am. When I'm with him, the one that I'm beholding is the one I'm becoming. And if I'm going to represent him, I first need to be with him. So that's the challenge. It's the challenge is to say no to other things, to say yes to him. So that if not other yeses can suddenly crowd himself into the calendar. So I'm making sure that I saying yes to him. Yes, to just being with him for no agenda. That's one of those different things that is important for me. The other thing that is very important is how do I represent him? I'm representing a good news. I'm representing love. I'm representing his passion, his power, his pleasure. I'm representing the very being of who he is. So I need the Holy Spirit to do that. Uh, the other areas that I have seen so many times were when he is in a room, sometimes if I, I have four, five hundred leaders in a place, it is that one person I came for. And I can almost take you to place after place, including 87,000 people in the stadium. I don't remember the faces except for if I see the video, but I remember that one or that one healing, that one miracle. And I carry that with me 
So I never forget about that one. Yes, 87,000 is 87,000 times one. But I try to keep the focus. Is there one person that I go to Cuba for this week? And if that one life that I can change and make a difference when, because that can be the next Leif Hetland when Randy Clark prayed for me and a byproduct that can be a million or that can be the next person that was healed from stage four cancer and I could just go on and on and on of this story so I'm looking for that one I'm looking for what God is doing when I am in that place and then in the next the third element is to see what's a bigger picture because I see the world either as a mission force or mission field so like as an example when I'm going to Cuba tomorrow I'm meeting a lot of leaders and apostolic leaders and powerful people but many of them have a thousand or two thousand or five hundred underneath them. So by influencing them and to impart to them and to give them some new tools, I also know that I'm impacting a whole nation. And that nation is impacting other nations. So when I'm able to see that big picture, it's helping me to stay much more focused. It looks like it should be the opposite, but it's not. It, the more, the bigger the picture becomes, the more focused I become. And that's why it's important to get proper rest. That's why it's important to come there and be healthy, to stay sharp, to be full of power, love, and wisdom. Those are the three words that I'm carrying with me. Power, because you have to represent his power, because it is supernatural what we're doing. But it needs to come from a place of love. And then we need wisdom to learning how to be able to flesh this out, how to be able to steward it, how to be able to execute some of the things that's taking place. So those are the three things that I'm coming with. Oneness between power, love and wisdom. And always coming with a spirit of sonship to apostolic father. And just coming in with a spirit of sonship, just as a son of Papa God. Jack Taylor is my spiritual papa and he's at my home right now. So I'm making sure to lean my heart towards Papa God, also my spiritual father, and come in with a spirit of sonship because then it's always rest. Because I feel the pressure when they talk about, oh, we have Dr. Leif or we have the apostle or the author. That's pressure for me. But when I'm the little boy with a big, big Papa, then I'm dreaming. Then I'm having fun. Then I have pleasure instead of pressure that I'm coming from. It's a totally different way of living. And that's just a challenge is just to maintain, to become smaller, not bigger, to go lower, not trying to go higher, to go underneath the radar, not necessarily above it. And that's a whole different way of living and loving. So as a, I suppose, shifting gear a little bit, uh, as a kingdom family movement uh, that is focused on, on maintaining connection with the presence coming out coming from the presence um and and really harnessing that power and love wisdom paradigm where do you see 2017 uh going in terms of what, what does it look like in terms of being a strategic year in terms of vision um what 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 essentially is the flavor of 2017 for you in terms of um, building momentum for the next season I think well, um, one word is convergence and another word would be synergy and another one would be symbiotic relationships. What I mean with that is like an ox with a bird. The bird gets fed, but the ox gets worms taken out of him. It's a symbiotic relationship. So you're seeing that even in the relationships. Am that, I the ox or the bird? Uh, <laughs> which one do we want to be? <laughs> 
So, so to put those words together, this symbiotic, there is a lot of symbiotic relationship. I can coming in and add value to certain people in the nations, but in, in the next moment, that gives us an opportunity to do some of the things that God has called us to do and to be. There's a synergy where one can do a thousand and two, ten thousand, where we have people in our ministry, in our family, that are phenomenal at evangelism and discipleship. Somebody else is incredible at hosting heaven and bringing the what is in heaven on earth. Somebody else is very good at the strategies of discipling nations. So you're bringing all of those things together in a synergy. So the fun part now has been like in Indonesia where several of the different tribes, different family of families are coming together. And each one, as I say now, is making the other ones look better than they are because they're coming together in a synergy. So I see that, but it's also a convergence where the different streams are coming together in a very powerful river. And we're seeing that in nation after nation. And I've mentioned quite a bit lately, and I'm developing a message series because part of my heart is like the wise virgins in Matthew 25. I've been talking about that for the whole year that we are raising up wise virgins. And it talks about the end time that is gonna be 10 different virgins, but five of them were wise. So wise virgins that have oil on their lamps. The ones that have oil of their lamps is the one that's going to be light in the middle of darkness. But where does this oil come from? It comes from intimacy. It comes from the presence. So the oil comes there so that when there's oil on the lamp, they will burn brightly, but do it without burning out because they have deep wells of intimacy with a lover. So part of what I saw there in Acts 2 that became very important for me when I'm looking at the model there in Acts, there was like a mighty wind. There was tongues of fire. And then it looks like they were drunk. There was three evidences of the move of God's spirit. And then as a result, how do you bring from all over the nations and one day you're getting 3,000 people converted? How do you start to disciple them and becoming a movement that starts to sweep? And by the time you get to Acts 19, 10, I believe it is, that it says that everyone in Asia had heard the gospel. So the good news has now spread into all Asia from that small little group of people that had an encounter. And you saw it came from, and when if I was to describing the fire and the flames, the fire of love, it was like in Isaiah 6 when he, he took that, that fire, the coal of fire, and put it on his tongue. From this moment on, even what he spoke was on fire because his tongue was on fire. So this thing and setting people on fire and being the burning ones, to burning and that connected to passion is burning love. It's the lovers that is burning brightly. When you're burning for something, it's like somebody's in love, you can see it. And that's also with these lovers in the book of Revelation, there was somebody had left their first love. That means the lamp was no longer burning, but then there's gonna be people now that have love and they develop love, they have the intimacy and they're burning love. So the fire, the flames of love that can continue to burn because no matter what the setting is around us, we're going to be we're going to be on fire because we're burning love, we're burning intimacy, we're burning the holy spirit. But then there was the wind, which is the power. First you see in the passion that comes from the lovers, but then you see the wind, which is the power. When the wind that blows on that fire, it starts sparks everywhere. And we've seen that many, many times of a Randy Clark that went in and there was a fire there over Rodney Howard Brown that went to Toronto and it sparked. And before you know it, it spread all over the world. And we've seen this over and over again in Azusa Street in 1906. There was suddenly a fire. Somebody's was burning oil of intimacy. And then the wind came in, blew that sparks. And before you know it, there was revival fire that burned all over the world. But then there was another thing that came in and that was they had been drinking. 
or at least that was the accusation. They've been drinking wine, but they, of course, had not been drinking in a natural. It was early in the morning. But what they were drinking is they've been drinking of the spirit. And it's connected to, I believe, that wine of the spirit is the pleasure, the joy and the pleasure of this assignment. So connected for me is raising a people that are full of passion because they are lovers. They're burning love, love, love and intimacy. Second of all, they're operating in power. They're the wind of the Holy Spirit. So I'm asking for this wind for us this year. The people let us, let us get on fire. What are you burning for? When you're waking up in the morning, what are you on fire for? And I love to be around people that are full of passion. When they start to talk about something, you can talk to me about what we're supposed to do and you can start to see this fire that come out of me, out of my eyes, out of my lips. It's almost hard to get me shut, shut down. You can't stop it. It's contagious. This mission virus that is in me is contagious. It's spreading like a mission epidemic and the goodness of God is spreading around everywhere you go because you're just full of it. So what's on the inside comes out. But then we need a win. We need a power for that to be able to spread. But then we also need a wine. We need the enjoyment of God. We need the pleasure of God. So I'm seeing the presence. I'm seeing the passion. I'm seeing the power, but also the pleasure of God that needs to be part of what we're doing. And this is also so important for me that we're experiencing just his pleasure, that we're drinking from that wine where we're just getting intoxicated in his goodness and his kindness and his pleasure. Because if we're going to continue in the long haul, and this is a long run, it's a marathon, not a sprint, we're going to also have to have the pleasure in what we're doing. Not just passion and power, but we need also his pleasure. I think that, um, I mean, I'm, I'm super excited. I remember when you first shared that with me a couple of weeks ago, and I think that those three elements are really key to a lifestyle of purpose. Uh, because if you don't have if you don't have power, if you don't have passion, you don't have that pleasure. If you're missing one of those three elements, you're really not living a life of purpose. Um, and but the thing that's reminded me going into the new year about those those three facets is that they all stem from the presence. They all stem from time in His presence, and I think that that's a really important thing as we're looking at um, an optimistic mindset going into the new year, and we're also looking at articulating, if you like. What our, what our preferred future is, what, what does that look like? Um, we can't do that without having that time in the presence. And there's so many, I think even, you know, coming back into the office, you know, the first week of January, there's so many distractions, there's so many busy things to do um, that need to be done. And I think that, um, you know, one of the things we, we identified at the end of last year was we, we've done a lot of good things. Um, through 2016, but we really want to be focusing on going from good to great in 2017. How do you feel that um, those three elements that you're just talking about—the um, the power, the passion, and the um, the pleasure—how do you feel those th- three things are going to help elevate, or or perhaps um, maybe not necessarily elevate, but really uh, um, refine, if you like? The, the ways that we're seeing the kingdom articulated um, through all the things that we're doing. How do you see those those three Ps, if you like, helping us to focus in on going from good to great in 2017? I think that is connected to both individual speaking. When I'm waking up in the morning and I'm getting overwhelmed by how good he is and how loved I am, 
And when I'm sensing this fire, the flames of love that starts to burn on the inside, and I'm coming into this office, I do not come in uh, five minutes after nine. I would be here before nine because I'm so excited about the day. There's just, I'm talking about practically speaking, tangible speaking, even this morning. I mean, I woke up a little after four o'clock. Some of that is because I'm jet lagged, but I'm also part of, wow, all these things I get to be part of this year and, and all these things that I just wanted to, I want to spend some time with him. And then in the next moment, there's the other things that I wanted to put in place. Even before getting into the office, there's a different excitement. Then even as I'm going through the day with the different obstacles and challenges, I need more of your power to face it because this is so big, this is so so strong. And then I'm sensing I'm getting a little overwhelmed by things that can often bring you negativity. But in the middle of that, I need to bring a little bit of his pleasure. And I need some of that wine here. I'm talking about the spiritual wine for people that are nervous when they're hearing this talk. So that we can get a little intoxicated in his joy in the middle of all of it because there are so many things that even today... Yeah, and I would say because if the joy of the Lord becomes our strength, that's what it says. So what if that becomes our strength? So I want to have fun also, to be honest, this year. I'm just sensing, I remember so much the waking up in the morning and going to the nations, even some of the things that we did that was mission impossible. But it was not just doing it. It was waking up every day for 10 months because we did the African call. And then eventually we stood there and you have about 11,000 individual deliverance that took place because we did it. The environment changed around Kilimanjaro during that trip. But to be able to see that impact or some of the events that have done in Pakistan, I mean, it cost 10 months of being in his presence. It took 10 months of keeping your fire. And it seems like everything wanted to take that fire out. It took 10 winds of just letting the wind and wind, 10, 10 months of the wind coming in there. But you had to continue to drink from the pleasure and from that wine to keep you the joy. And then you went over there and then eventually you saw the invisible, you saw the impossible, you saw what God was doing. And it was a tough battle. And then when you're finished, it's like, you're so overwhelmed by it. But I'm so glad as I'm saying that it was not just doing the event, but it was the, what you did every single day for 10 months to get to be able to see that happen. It's almost like an Olympic gold medalist that spends eight hours a day saying no to everything else to say yes to something because four years from now, he's going to get another gold medal. I mean, is that so? All I'm saying is not performance based, but it's passion based, where you're just waking up with passion in the morning. If I'm starting to see, literally millions of life this year that we will impact directly or indirectly based upon three simple things. His passion. It has to be his passion. I need to receive it from him. It needs to be his power, but it also needs to be his pleasure, his joy, and drinking from that deeply. So that's why it's so important with the presence because it comes from him. That comes from him. It's not something I'm just perform. I mean, you know, that doesn't work a whole lot. You can try to keep that fire going for a little bit in the flesh, but it doesn't take long before you start to burn flesh. So it has to come from him. Yeah. I can only get that passion from him if it is going to last. I cannot sustain what I do for this year if I don't get oil of intimacy with him. And that gives me an opportunity to go deeper so I can go wider, to go lower before you go higher. It is going in and just be together with him and just enjoying him and then the enjoyment of him becomes your joy and the joy becomes your strength well Leif it's so exciting it's uh it really is uh, a privilege to um be able to run with with you this year and um, I'm excited for those listening that in in whichever way you guys are engaged with us whether that be uh by praying with us and for us uh whether it be uh by supporting us as a partner 
whether it be coming on one of our ministry trips in 2017. Uh, we've got some exciting news about that uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks. But in, in whatever way that you're joining us uh, on this journey, I think uh, there's some uh, absolute gold in there uh, in, in a sense of revisiting some of the memory stones of where God's been faithful in the last season in your life uh, and really spending time in His presence to to find that passion, to find that power and to find that pleasure for 2017 to to know where you're going to know who you are and whose you are uh life maybe to finish off you might want to just uh uh i mean if you have anything else to say i think i would encourage also everyone ask the holy spirit for one verse from the scripture just to focus on just focus on one verse like for me second timothy 1 7 is the one verse on every day i have not given you a spirit of fear he has not given me a spirit of fear i do not have a spirit of fear but what I have is a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Out of the sound mind, wisdom flows. So what I have is this whole year. How does it look like for Leif Hetland, 365 days this year? Not living in any fear, but living full of power, full of love, and full of wisdom that comes from a sound mind. So I'm asking the Holy Spirit for that today, tomorrow, the next day. But it's one verse. So let's drill deep into that one verse and guess... <laughs> Guess what we're going to be tested on? It's going to be tested. The enemy is trying to produce fear then. And then it's going to be a test on power, love, and wisdom. But that's what we're going to have the testimony every single day on power, love, and wisdom that comes by just focusing on one verse. So I just want to encourage each one. What is the one verse for you this year? And some of you just need to pray the prayer of Jabez again. (laughs) We used to do it many, many years ago. Oh, Lord, would you bless me indeed and enlarge my territory that your hand will be upon me. Keep me from evil that I might not cause any pain. And then the Bible said the Lord answered his prayer. So that one thing you were focusing on this year, that one thing, and just stay on that daily basis, a simple thing, something that you can see, something you can say, and something you can cease, S-E-I-C-E, receive it. That's awesome. Well, uh, to finish off, uh, do you want to just release just a blessing over our listeners for 2017? And, and uh, yeah, I'll receive that too. Father, I just thank you so much for being a good, good father. I thank you for your goodness, your kindness, and your love. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for the divine exchange that took place on the cross, that every single thing that we struggle with that is hard, you, Jesus, provided for it. So we are just saying, yes, Jesus to your provision. We're saying yes to your presence. We're saying yes to everything that you have for us. And then I thank you, Holy Spirit, that is the God that is in us, the God that is upon us, that helps us to make us greater than what we are, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of love, the spirit of power. I'm asking even at this very moment on that each person that is listening, that you will just set us all afire so that we were burning flames of love, the fire of love, let us just burn in each one of us. That we will first of all experience how much you love us and that we would be caught on fire to know how much a God loves us. But then we will start to love ourselves and love people with that fire and then come with a wind of power in this season that would just spark us, that we're going to experience more things than we've ever experienced before. Signs, wonders, and miracles. Let us just follow us as your wind is blowing into our life with a fresh wind, fresh breath. And then I'm asking also for the pleasure. I just intoxicate us in your pleasure that you are well pleased with us. Overwhelm us with your pleasure and with your joy.
and let the joy of you, Lord, be our strength. And I thank you for the one verse that you're going to place upon each one that is listening today. And that word is going to become flesh. And it's going to dwell among us. So I thank you, Father, for breakthroughs. I thank you for this year that is going to be the greatest year. That's why we're going for good to greatness. And the only way we can do that is to be around your greatness because you are great. So I release your greatness to flow upon each one of us. And we do that from a place of rest. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, once again, thank you for joining us uh, for Kingdom Family Talks. And uh, if you want to connect with us more, you can visit our website at globalmissionawareness.com. And uh, there's lots of information there in regards to Leif's itinerary, uh, how you can connect with us as a partner, how you can join our newsletter, and uh, keep up to date with everything that's happening. Until next time, bless you, and uh, we'll see you soon.